Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the NASDAQ Composite Index, trading above its record close for the first time in a year, putting it on the verge of joining the S&P 500 at a record. S&P up 16 to 2181, a gain of eight-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 57 points to 52.23, a gain there of 1.1%. Dow Industrials surging 166 points, up 9 tenths of 1% to 18,511. The tenure down 23.30 seconds, the yield 1.57%. Gold down $24 the ounce to 13.38, a drop there of 1.8%. And crude oil, West Texas Intermediate Crude down 31 cents a barrel, 41.62 right now on WTI. That's a drop of of seven-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Stocks are moving higher today. Bonds are moving lower. For example, take a look at the 30-year, down more than one full point. The yield on the 30-year, 2.31%. The 10-year also lower today. The yield higher, 1.57%. Go ahead and blame or credit the payrolls report. Payrolls climbing 255,000 last month. Joining us to tell us more, Chris Liu, Deputy Secretary, U.S. Department of Labor. Joining us from Washington, D.C., home to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. Chris Liu, thank you very much for being with us. Give us your first analysis of today's jobs report. This is an incredibly strong report that showed broad-based growth uh, in virtually every single sector, uh, as you said, the top line is 250,000, 255,000 jobs created this month, 70 straight months of job growth. That's the longest streak in history, um, 4.9% unemployment. A couple of things of note, um, wage growth was 2.6% over the year. Uh, that's the highest we've seen since the recovery. Uh, that was certainly good news. Uh, so, again, as I said, across the board, this was a great report. We also had uh, average hourly, average weekly hours uh, worked rising by one tenth of one hour. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like that means with 122 million private sector workers, every week got an additional 1,396 years worked. I mean, that adds up to a lot of minutes. You know, it adds up to a lot of minutes. I'll trust you on the math on that one, but I would say not only that figure, but also the increase in temporary help hiring. Um, those are both leading indicators that suggest we're trying to bring on more people in a part-time. We're trying to, uh, everyone is working a little bit long. Um, that bodes well for future hiring. All right. If it bodes well for future hiring, let's just take a look at revisions. Do we expect a major revision in this number? Because previous jobs report have been revised. For example, the May figure uh, was revised, I believe, down by about 14,000 to just 24,000. Yeah, we've, um, you know, that, that, that is what happens when you are uh, surveying an economy of the size that we have in the United States. And so every month you get some revisions. But you know, by and large, we're pretty close, and I think what we tend to look at more is the trends. And if you look at over the uh, the year 2016, uh, we've created jobs at 186,000 pace, which is very good. Why aren't we seeing uh, bigger gains in GDP? I mean, the jobs numbers sound incredible. We're adding more and more people um you know, every month to the labor force, they're making more and more money, and yet um, growth is disappointing. 
Well, you know, look, I mean, as you know, GDP numbers get revised as well, and it's important to take a look at all of these economic indicators together, not only today's very strong jobs numbers, the weaker GDP numbers, but also the consumer confidence numbers, the consumer spending numbers, the auto sales, which are at a record pace. And when you take a look at all of that, the picture you see is of a strong, resilient U.S. economy, which still faces headwinds whether it's the strong dollar, whether it's weak global demand. We continue to monitor Brexit. So we have had a great month. We've had a great streak for 70 months, but we're not taking our foot off the accelerator. And you're still dealing with this issue of underemployment. Speak about that if you can. Well, right. Uh, You know, in these numbers as well, you see not only um, about uh, 26% of the unemployed are long-term unemployed, which means that they have been out of work for 27 weeks. You see people who are working part-time but want to work full-time. So, yeah, the, the, the work here is not done. It's not only raising wages. It's ensuring that everybody who wants a full-time job has access to a full-time job. We did have a little tick up in uh, the labor force participation rate right now at 62.8 percent. We've been hovering kind of around that level, you could say, for a couple of years. That's right. Um Do you feel like we've bottomed out here because uh, previous administration officials have said, look, the reason it's come down so severely in the past, let's say, 30 or 20 years is because of uh, the baby boomers demographics. Do you see it the same way? Right. We need. It's hard to compare these numbers with where we were 30, 40 years ago. The demographics of the country have changed. But to be sure, we we are not happy with 62.8. We know we need to do better on that. And one of the ways we can do better on that is passing paid family leave and paid sick leave policies, uh, which provide which help get more people into the workforce who aren't working right now. So um, that's one of the key numbers that we look at every month. Chris Liu, just uh, finally, I wonder if you could characterize the report in terms of the actual industry groups, because they include manufacturing, healthcare, retail, as well as leisure and hospitality. Well, you're right. Uh, With virtually every sector except for one, and that was the mining industry, which is a proxy for energy, every other sector, uh, major sector was up, whether it was professional business services, healthcare, financial, leisure and hospitality. So it's the range of both high-wage, middle-wage, and low-wage jobs. And so we, we are very uh, – this is a very good report across the board. And I'm, I mean, it looks like we're have, we have unemployment coming down. Uh, we have um, inflation going up. I mean, this seems to be the perfect porridge for the Fed. Do you see us around full employment here, or do you think we still have a long way to go from 4.9%? You know, I don't want to predict what the Fed will do or where full employment is. All I know is that we, we still have more work we can do. When I look at the number of people that are long-term unemployed, which is, you know, around 2 million, I look at the people who are working uh, part-time for economic reasons but want to work full-time, you know, that's about uh, – five, six million. Um, there are a lot of people who are not as fully employed as they could be. So we're not ready to, right. to, to say we're at full employment. Fair enough. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Chris Liu there, Deputy Secretary at the Department of Labor on the July Jobs Report. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. My co-host today, Matt Miller. Is you going to be sticking with me for a while, Matt? I'll, I'll do my best to stay here for another hour, hour and a half. All right. Well done. <laughs> this is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, we've got Tara Sinclair, the chief economist of Indeed.com, also associate professor economics, George Washington University. We're going to find out, despite the great jobs report, there's a wrinkle. 